Welcome to track number 12 of Double Mega Missionary Church. The second mantling follows years and years of loyalty. Amen. It's difficult for us to have a camp without talking about loyalty. So now we are going to look at loyalty. And let me just give you a few signs of this loyalty. How many want to be loyal to reach the second mantle? Gehazi did not, but Elisha did. He was loyal to Elijah for many years. Although Elijah was not a, a very seemed to be a very normal person to flow with, he was very loyal to him to the end. And he loved him so much that when he went, he tore his clothes and he said, My father, my father. Alright? So, you must understand that it takes a loyal spirit. Amen. So let me share with you 39 signs of a disloyal person. Now, can somebody open the door? Great. Now, somebody should come here. Peter, come this way. Hold my hand like this. No. You see, I'm going to hold your hand like this. Okay, so hold my hand like that. No, down here. Come. You see my hand? We are in the hospital now. Okay? Look at my hand. Do you see? What's that? Huh? Look at that. <laughs> huh? <laughs> huh? Okay. Look again. This is your last chance. Look at my look at my hand. Do you guys here? As you can see. Okay. You are lost. Sit down. I have shown you a very, very, very important sign. Only somebody who is trained in medicine would understand the meaning of this sign. When you see this sign, you are seeing something very terrible. Oh yeah. Many years ago, my father was on admission in the hospital and I went up that his doctor was Professor Ousu. This was um, when, remember sometime I came to Geneva, my father was, no, well, I told you that. When I got to the ward, Professor Ousu came and I, I came to the ward and I looked, come again. Professor, you see, he just said, quiet, just because he knew that I was also a doctor. He just held that, hold the hand again. So he just, he just held my father's hand like that. 
liver failure. Liver failure. Can you imagine what's the connection between? How many are surprised? Ah, in terms of liver, you not think of liver. We have a whole subject in medicine. It's called symptoms and signs. This is called a hepatic flap. You just hold the patient's hand like that. The person is in a very serious condition. Almost about to die. Oh yeah. So. (laughs) Some people were saying. Some people were saying heartbeat and so on. Let me tell you something. It is only when you are, I'm trying to make a point, it's only when you are educated in certain areas that you understand certain science. You, you won't have it. You won't have it. If you like, bring your hand. <laughs> Come and try. Come and try. Stretch out your hand like that. Stretch out your hand. <laughs> if you like try it on yourself. Asterixis is called hepatic flap. Put your hand there. It will never huh? Yeah. So you see, I am trained in something you don't know about. So I can see some things. And when I see, I know something that you don't. So the doctor, he didn't talk to me about it. my father. He just held the hand. He said, you see? I said, yes, sir. You see, in medicine, we really respect our seniors. I said, yes, sir. So okay. He, put it, he didn't talk to me. Finished the phone and went. It means everything. Oh, yeah. It means a lot. It means the person is in serious condition. He can go in or out. But to see, to somebody who is trained in signs and symptoms, it means a lot. One day I went to somebody's house. I was sitting down. Water! I don't know. Then he got up. Ah, go to the loo. Then he came back. Sat down. We were there now. Then he went again. <laughs> they were there. <laughs> what is it? Huh? What do you say? Malaria. Diarrhea. <laughs> no, the poor is wee wee. It's not uh, the other one. Uh, urine. What is it? One of the things it could be. <laughs> Who is the doctor at the back there? Huh? <laughs> All right. Are you here or you've gone home? So you see, because I know, I know what it means. You get what I'm saying? You see the person is a bit fat. We win all the time. Drinking all the time. Classic. Polyphagia. 
polyuria and polydipsia. Huh? Polydipsia is what? When you drink a lot. Polyuria is what? And polyphagia is what? When you eat a lot. Classic triad. Diabetes mellitus. But you see, there's another type of diabetes. Anyway, let's not go into all that. Listen, I'm saying that when you are trained, you see some things and say, hmm, this is that. One day, I woke up. My father's eye, this one didn't open. He couldn't open it now. What is that? If you are a doctor, doc, what would you? That is one. Only, only the eye. Everything else was normal. Only the eye. <laughs> huh? What, what did he say? Amen. Polyuria, look at them. Okay, listen, let's be serious. Let's be serious. The point I want you to get is that because I have been to medical school for seven years and I've been a doctor for a while, there are some things when I see, they tell me something. But to you, it means absolutely nothing. Because you are not trained in that area. Not that you are a fool. Not that you haven't been to school. But that particular field, you have no information about science. If you see somebody breathing like this. You know that breathing, there are different types of breathing. Like this. The doctors, are you with me? No, no, no. This is not asthma. He breathes in normal. There's no tightness in the chest. He breathes like that. Huh? Shane Stokes. It's called Shane Stokes breathing. You just, you just watch the patient. When you come, the patient is lying and sleeping like that. You watch. He stops breathing altogether like this. Then he starts. <sighs> Shane Stokes. It means, what does it mean? Doctor. Respiratory failure, heart failure, heart disease, 
serious conditions. But when you see, you just see that the person is, he's breathing, he's dreaming. So he's, he's breathing. No, he's not dreaming. He's having Shane Stokes breathing. Dying. I, you see, all these signs, I saw them on my father before he died. It's very frightening. You see, the classic. You stand, I stand in the bedroom and I just look at my father sleeping like that. It's different from when somebody just breathing. Normal breathing. But it stops, goes very high, then it comes and it stops. And then it starts and it goes and builds up, builds up, builds up. I will stand there and I'll look. I say, hey, this is Shane Stokes breathing. And it means heart failure, this failure, that failure, so many failures. You understand? So I'm saying, when you are trained as a doctor, you see some things, you know what it means. Why am I saying all these medical things to you? Because I'm trying to show you that I'm not going to teach you what I, about signs in the church world. Signs of disloyalty. You too, when you see, smell. Hmm, this one I know it. Because you've been taught. This is Shane Stokes, uh, disloyalty. Shane Stokes disloyalty. Pirich, what do you think? Pastor Joel, what do you think? When you see, say, no, this thing, I've seen it before. I know this one. Amen. You say, this I know. <laughs> Alright? So I'm giving you signs. So when you see these signs, I hope you record, even in yourself. <laughs> Self-application. Number one, a person, these are, these are all signs. Watch out for a person who will disappoint you in times of pressure and crisis. Hmm? When there's crisis, there's pressure, and the person does not help. Huh? Watch that person carefully. Hallelujah. You watch that person. Is that not so? Steve. Yeah, you are organizing for the camp. This, that, there are people that you are working with, and then they say, "Guy, he just vanishes." <laughs> What's that guy? He doesn't even turn up. Then he comes. Oh, sorry. Or oh, you don't even know. No explanation. Or in times of pressure, you are this and do this, and the person talks in some way. Say, what, what do you mean? Just sorry. Watch these people. In time of pressure and crisis, watch how people behave. It will tell you something. Amen. When our crisis struck last year, I watched every single person I related with. Oh yeah. I went to different people. I said, look, I need help. And different people responded in different ways. And I watched every single one of them. Because that tells me a lot about you. Yeah. I came to this church. There were people who didn't have any money. They went and collected all their savings and brought it. I notice there are people who could also do it. They didn't do anything. There are people who forked out a lot of money. There are people who helped. There are people who didn't help. There are people who could have, who looked on. By the way, those who just also did. You, you what? You just how you know the people. Amen. So a person who disappoints you, watch it. Number two, a person who will desert and disappoint you 
when they are under pressure. Amen. 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 A person who will disappoint you when they are under pressure. Like maybe the person is under pressure at work. So he just vanishes. You get what I'm saying? Or he's under pressure at home. And he just disappears and disappoints you. Watch such people. And ask yourself whether you are that type of person. When there is a need, and we are organizing, and mobilizing, and helping, you get it? Watch the people who disappoint you when they are under a little pressure. Financially. Say, oh no, I I cannot be there. I'm not going to come. Even watch those who don't come to the camp. Who could come? Amen. Yeah. Number three, people who poison you about others. Somebody who poisons your mind about other people. He's sitting with you and he's telling you, you know that pastor, come and sit here and tell you, you know, your church is very good. But you know that church I came from, the pastor is very this, he's like this, he's like this, he's like that, he's this. But as for you, pastor, you know, I, 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 I'm so blessed when you minister. But you know that guy, that place where I come, oh, in fact, it, there's such a difference between your ministry and his. In fact, he's, 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 he's crooked. But you are straight. He is a valley, but you are a mountain. I'm so happy that I came to the lighthouse. He's not going to last long. This same thing. I remember there was a brother. He told me this. I sat in my father's hotel. He would talk, tell me. What I'm telling you. I don't preach things I have not seen. He sat and he told me. He said, Pastor. Oh, it's not that I want to flatter you. It's not that I want to flatter you. He said that you're preaching. Eh? It's, it's such a blessing. He said, look, but the place that I want, <laughs> not that I want to criticize the guy, but in fact. <laughs> and he talked and talked. I just listened to that guy. I said, eh. Today that guy is not in the church. He's sitting somewhere talking rubbish. So if you have left somewhere, you've come quiet. Pastor Robert was in another church before he came. Here. It was another church. He was in another ministry. You, I have never heard him say even one negative thing about where he came from. Never has it come out of his mouth like Even if there were negative, and there were some negative things, not a word. You won't get him to say anything bad about somebody that he was close to. No, never. Do, do you understand what I'm talking about? Look, people who think that they are saying bad things and it impresses you. It doesn't impress me. It's rather a bad sign. Watch those guys. Pastor, you know, the way you handle yourself. You know, you are so simple. See, but that place I come from, not that I want to criticize them, but so they are some way. Watch those people. Amen. When, when I was in medical school, we had a lecturer. Huh? We had a lecturer. When he started talking, I said that this is the first lecturer who is on the side of the students. He came and he said bad things about the other lecturers. The school is crazy. And he was a British guy. He was from Scotland. 
So I'm mean, not British. He's a he's a he's a Ghanaian, but he was like he's been abroad for a long time. You know these guys, they're so this this that. Oh, so we too we sat with students also say, eh, hey, the school is very. <laughs> hey, I didn't know that I was making a mistake. As we open up and we say, hey, the school the lecturers are some way they are bad, wicked, and we even mention them. This guy, this guy. <laughs> I was surprised when the guy also we found out that what he comes to us he goes also to say at the other place. I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> so watch people who come with all sorts of story. This one is this, this is that, that is that. But as for you, you are this, this, that. Don't don't flow with it. Even people who leave their workplaces. <laughs> yeah. You see, but you see, I didn't. That all this happened about two or three years. But from the first time I talked with the guys, this guy is some way. Notice people who poison you about others, not about yourself, but about others. You may think that it makes you look good. Does it make you look good? The guy was trying to make me look good. He said, "I like the way you are," but you know, our man. I met another person. He said, "You know, our man." He likes eating Chinese food. He was talking about his senior pastor. He said, you know our man. <laughs> Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. Amen. So anyone who poisons your mind about other people, they come and say to you bad things about Kensington Temple. Immediately you should know, I'm telling you a sign. It's a bad person. He is a bad person. He comes to tell you something bad about Victory Church in London. He's a bad person. Amen. He comes to tell you bad thing about Matthew Ashimolo. He's a bad person. I'm telling you it's a bad person. Advance. You just put it down and watch. Time will show. So you two don't poison people about people. If you know a bad story, don't say it. I say if you know a bad story, don't say it. Amen. And I've noticed that people who go around poisoning people, after a while, people get to know them that this person is not proper. One day, a lady came to me with a whole story about a good friend of mine. She gave me details She said look the guy came to my house He did this He came here He said that he stood under a tree She showed me there was a tree there That house He was this that I said really And I told her sister Don't say this story anywhere again Okay This is the last time you say this story So she went away Then she went to uh, Tell everybody that time I was a medical. She went even to tell lecturers because she was hurt by the guy. I mean, I think they were in a relationship and then they didn't go on with the relationship or something. But later she came to, she came back to me. She said, "I'm sorry." I said, "What is it?" She said, "All the things I told you, they are not true." 
So she said, I want you to, this is the first time somebody has told me, she said, I want you to please announce in the church that all those things that I said, they are not true. She told me, I'm not telling you a dream. She told me physically, she was sitting in the house. She said, please announce it. She said that all the things I said, they are not true. That was the time that I, I, I learned that phrase, fear woman. Oh yeah. Because she said, she said things that were not true. And she spread them efficiently and emotionally. And afterwards, trying to tell me that I should announce. I said, how can, how can I announce uh, what this rubbish? What about people who don't know about the story? And then I have to explain more. Oh. Amen. So, watch people who poison your mind about other people. One pastor came to my office. He said to me, I like your building. <laughs> he said that, you know, it's so simple. You have, you have finished it. But you know our man. <laughs> he's building such a big thing. An associate pastor of the church. And he's talking to me about his head pastor. He's just come to visit. In fact, what had happened was that he, somebody had sent a parcel from abroad through us. And he was coming to collect it. And you sit down in my office for three minutes that you sit down in my office. You start telling but you know our man. He's building such a big thing, you can't finish it. I said to myself, this man is an orangu. And it was a, mat- a dinosaur. It was a matter of time. It was a matter, I was in this, this man's senior pastor's office when he was telling me that he's sucking this dinosaur. And he got, I mean, he left, the, the dinosaur left. So watch people who poison minds. As the person next to you, are you a poisonous snake? Huh? Number five. People who have worldly moral and financial weaknesses all right such a person can easily disappoint amen so watch such a person moral weaknesses that person can easily desert you because because of money he can fail so that's why i don't like people to be in debt you didn't get it. People who have worldly, moral, and financial weaknesses. Amen? Amen. Alright. The next thing, number six. People who think that they can do what you are doing better than you are. Than you are doing. I said there's a mistake here. Huh? Have you seen it? No. People who think they can do what you are doing better than you are doing it. Hmm? Okay. Such people are dangerous. Like I'm preaching at the camp and you think that if you were the one preaching, you would do it better. <laughs> you are sick. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? Pastor is preaching on Sunday. You are thinking to yourself that if I was preaching, 
I mean, I would have brought in this point, and then also he keeps using. He's always talking about fornication. He doesn't have any example. And you are thinking, now, if I was doing, I'll do it better. Such a person is a danger. So think about it in your head. And if you start thinking like that, you are showing signs. The pastor is preaching, you are thinking. Or maybe he's handling a situation. And you are thinking, if I was to handle this lady, or I was to handle this situation, I will handle it better. So as you are assisting him, you are thinking, oh, this clumsy pastor. Oh, this man. He doesn't know how to handle people. He is spoiling the church. He is spoiling the church indeed. Over all these years, the church is there. Now you are saying he is spoiling the church. Amen. Me, you see, me, I've been criticized. You know, I don't know whether criticism, I've been criticized up left, right, center. So when I see people talking, oh, I can just see through it like that. I've seen all, all those things. I responded to them. I've seen all those things. Talk to people and say, you don't know how to talk. One day I told somebody that if I don't know how to talk, do you think I would be a pastor of all the people who are in the church? I said, give me some credit for the years that I've been a pastor. If I don't know how to talk to people, do you think they will all be around where they are? We are sitting in Europe, somewhere in a corner in a village, and we have gathered from different nations. If I didn't know how to talk to people, do you think we'll be here? Your face like talking. Number seven, people who have been hurt and have never fully recovered from their hurts. People who have been hurt and have never fully recovered from a hurt. Give me ten things that can cause hurt in a church. Let's add this one to the point. Ten things that can cause hurt in a church. Number one, people who have been hurt in the church but they've never fully recovered. You get what I'm saying? Number one, what? Bounced by a sister in the church. A sister or a brother. You get it? Like, explain. Uh, when, let's say, you, uh, you propose and then... The <laughs> but what has it got to do with the church? You are going to propose the thing has bounced. Why are you bringing it to the church? What has it got to do with the church? Some way. Can I pour this out? Throw it away. Give me some fresh one. Huh? What has it got to do with the church? But you see some people like that. Let's say you are a sister and brother. You've been in a relationship. You break up. And you are both in the church. And then you are... I'm giving you ten things that cause offense in the church. You will give me the examples. So write them. And then you feel that the pastor was on her side. Or the pastor was on his side. The pastor didn't want the relationship to work. Hmm? Hmm? And then you see that they are hurt. So if you are hurt and you never fully recover from your hurt, you will one day leave the church. Because the Bible says that in the last day, many shall be offended and then they shall betray one another. So offenses lead to betrayal. It's a series. It's a sequence. You are hurt. Then you start to move towards disloyalty. So watch people who are hurt. 
Maybe they don't come to the funeral. Number two, maybe they don't come to the wedding. Number three, maybe the pastor doesn't preach at your wedding. You thought he would preach at your wedding, but he didn't preach and somebody else preached. His prayer was shorter than the one he prayed the other time. You are rebuked the way he spoke to you. The next one, he's preaching and he mentions your name and everybody laughs and you feel embarrassed. He doesn't smile at you. One day my mother told I traveled on a plane and I told my mother, when I went got on a plane, the air hostesses and others were not nice to me. And you know what she told me? She said, you are growing. You are no more a little boy. So the, the women cannot just be smiling at you left, right and center. So grow up in your mind. That's what she told me. <laughs> yeah, that's what she told me. Come to the church, the pastor is not smiling at you. Grow up. And don't expect behavior as though you are a little child. You are no more a little child. You are being in the church for some time. Sometimes we will see you will smile. Because we are tired. We have smiled that we are tired. Ah, I said we are tired of smiling sometimes. Yes. What other reason can people get hurt for? You didn't come when they gave birth. For six weeks you were in hospital. They didn't visit you. Huh? I was sick. They didn't visit me. Huh? My so-and-so died in, in wherever I come from. Nigeria, Ghana, Syria, wherever. And they didn't announce it. They didn't say it. They, they took an offering for that brother when he was going for his funeral. But they didn't give me anything. And he can't remember. <laughs> One lady, she's called Jean. I told her. I said, I forgot your name. She said, this is the fourth time I'm telling you my name. <laughs> I said, because of that, I've remembered. <laughs> From that day, I couldn't forget her name. She was the sister who faced me. <laughs> the pastor didn't wear the collar when he was officiating your wedding. You know that shirt that they wear. He didn't wear the gown. He saw you in town. He did my. I saw him straight like that. He looked at me straight. He did my as if he doesn't know me. How many have experienced that before? Somebody saw you. You know that the person saw you, but as if he didn't see you. Raise up your hand. Since you were born, it has happened. Why does it happen like that sometimes? Huh? His mind is not there. Charlie, grow up, grow up, grow up. So when you are hurt in the church, you get what I'm saying? And you don't fully recover. Please recover. If you are in a church, you'll be hurt. I can give you several times that I've been hurt. Let me start. Number one, when I was getting married, some of the pastors they didn't come. But they were, they are not, they were not pastors, but they didn't come. To, somewhere like Pastor Ishmael, he just went to Takradi. I was very surprised. I said, Me, I'm getting married. You just go to Takradi. When I was getting married, I invited a lot of, even, those are even outsiders, but I'm talking about our own church. When I came to a church for my wedding, eh? Are you listening to me? The wedding, there was, the, the place was 
filthy, dirty. Me, the pastor, I'll sometimes come and wipe the floor for people's wedding. Pastor Ishmael, after I, he didn't come for, I arranged the chairs and cleaned the, the hall for his wedding. You saw me doing that? When we had certain orangus in the church, I watched as certain people became confused and I was hurt. Because I thought to myself that, wow, is that what you are also now considering about me? So now this is what you think. I see, thank you. It hurt me. It also hurt me, in case you don't know. You just look at people and say, really? You have been with you for years? And now somebody gets up with a lie? And you now start believing all these things and you even become, because you can see where people are a bit unsure now. They are with you, but they are unsure. I just want to tell these people, look, just find your way somewhere. Be where you think everything is good. Go, go. It's painful. But I've decided to recover fully from these heads. Otherwise, what's going to happen to me? Amen. So watch out a person who is head. You know what? One day we went to a sister's place. She came to a wedding. Uh, she was having a wedding in Ghana. You know, she wrote, she sent a message. Somehow the messages got mixed up. She printed her program for her wedding. On it, the wedding was Lighthouse Chapel International Choir. She has talked about her church, her church, Lighthouse, Lighthouse, Church. It's very painful. Lighthouse, Church, this, church, Lighthouse. And she came for the wedding. And you know, the things got mixed up. They went for the wedding. We were in town. It was a Saturday. I wasn't even doing anything. We were not doing much. And nobody turned up for her wedding. We didn't even know. Wow. And we were on the program too. So I came, I traveled, and I came to the lady's house. And I talked to her. I said, listen, we are sorry. It was a mix-up. I talked and I talked. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't worry. To this day, never has she darkened the doorway of the church with her shadow. Oh, yeah. A person who does not recover from the head, eventually you've lost the person. So recover. Anything that has pained you, recover from it now. I command you to recover. As I command you to recover. If we are a family, there are some things that will hurt you. It's a normal family thing. If you are married, husband and wife, there are things your husband will do, your wife will do, that you'll be hurt. But in a marriage situation, are you going to get away and leave it? No. Marriage is still, you go into the grave. Either you go or she goes. Amen. How many signs of disloyalty do you have? So have you noticed some people who are in the church but they are hurt? Uh-huh. Watch them. Another thing that people get heard about is that they have not invited me to be on IPTP. So it means that they're pastor and he thinks that me, I'm not a called person. People have come to the church after me and they are now IPTP and they're becoming pastors. Come on. That is why now we have changed it. Now you come, if you are called, come. <laughs> and the way you are ready to be appointed a pastor, come and inform us. Yeah, come and say, I am ready. I am anointed. I'm called. I'm ready. I'm trained. I want to be pastor. Uh-huh. You come. The next one. Number seven. Number eight. Anybody who is prepared to attack his own father. Or senior in ministry. 
is a dangerous person. Absalom chased his own father out of town. Is that not so? So anyone who is prepared to attack his own father, watch the person. Dangerous man. Alright? Would you be prepared to attack your own father? If you meet somebody who attacks his father, I think that person is some way. Would you agree with me? The person is highly some way. Amen. The next one. <sighs> Number nine. People who are not prepared to be trained or retrained in the ministry. They are not prepared to be trained. When they start talking and start saying things like, I am a pastor. I was a pastor before I came here. This is my ordination certificate. Amen. This is my ordination certificate. This is my pastoral certificate. Hallelujah. When people come around, it's true you've been ordained. You are trained, everything. But you must be retrained. Amen. So if you come to this church, you cannot be a pastor unless we train you for years. And we must know your character. It's actually your character we are after, not your certificate. Amen. The next one, people who are not be ready, prepared to be birthed into the philosophy, the doctrine, the standards, the vision, the spirit of the house, and the procedures of the house. Amen. Are you there? People who are not prepared... People who are not prepared to be birthed, birthed, giving birth into the philosophy, the doctrine, the standards, the vision, and the spirit of the house. Amen. Number 12. People who are not prepared to do menial jobs. Number 11. People who are not prepared to do menial jobs. Anybody in the church who is not prepared to do menial jobs. You get it? Juliet, what are menial jobs? Sweeping. Mopping, carrying, what else? Packing instruments. Like let's say he's a brother in church. You get it? He's been a main person for a long Such thing, he doesn't want to get involved. I've noticed such a person. He said, This person, watch him. Yeah, and he rather would like to be a pastor. No, watch such a person. Hallelujah. Are you here or you've gone home? How many do you have? Alright, stand to your feet. Number 12. People who are irritated and reactionary 
every time you try to correct them or train them. Saul argued with Samuel when the prophet tried to correct him. Is that not so? So anybody who is reactionary, you know, when you try to correct him, he says to you, why? You are always picking on me. Why? What are you saying? And he starts arguing. Arguing. When the pastor is pointing things out to you, Pastor Robert, is it not true? That pointing out, the person is arguing. Not that you don't have to say your point, but you are arguing. And they talk, you are, you are arguing. When they talk, you say some. And you have something always, an answer back. And reactionary, and it creates an argument. There's something wrong with you. Saul argued with Samuel. When Samuel told told him, what am I hearing? What am I hearing? Mary, what am I hearing? Saul was arguing. Saul was saying, you know, these are things for sacrifices. And so I said, nonsense. They told you, do not leave anything alive. And you have left some alive. Watch such people. It's a bad sign. I said, it's a bad sign. You tell the person, look, this is wrong. There are many times I correct pastors. And I may call you aside and say, listen, just don't do this. I do it all the time. I'll call you aside and say, look, this is this. And then sometimes you see the person starts to react and argue. Oh, then it can get worse and worse and worse. One pastor, one pastor, I told him, listen, you have been using the phone in the wrong way. He said, let to argue. He said, no, no, no. This, 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 what are you saying? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Funny person. So I said, you know, I'm going to get the telephone bill. I'm going to print it. So I traveled and I printed the bill and I brought it out. Long list for several months. And I showed him his bill one by one. And you know what? We had another three hour meeting as he was arguing over black and white. The thing is there, black and white. You are not supposed to make calls to these places at the expense of the church. And you are still arguing. What type of person is this? When the thing is written in front of you in black and white, you are arguing. For we have to meet for another three hours. You are sick. Watch out your reaction when Pastor Richard corrects you. Watch out. When he calls you and says, listen, the way you are moving here is not correct. Just say, yes sir, boss. Thank you. Don't say there's fear in the church. (laughs) Don't say there's fear in the church. Don't don't say this to light us. You can't say anything. You can't speak your mind. You are also sick. When you start talking like that, there's something wrong with you. You are trying to represent a beautiful relationship of authority in a wrong way. You may be seated. (laughs) Never re-describe the beautiful relationship you have with your pastor. Don't describe it in a bad way. One time I met an associate pastor and I said, how is your pastor? It's a long time I saw him. You know what he told me? He said, oh, I haven't seen him for some time. This yes, a massa, yes, a massa. We have to stop it. <laughs> Do you understand when we say yes, a massa, yes, a massa? Everybody say yes, a massa, yes, a massa. Yes, he said, we, we, we can't always be saying yes, a massa, yes, a massa, yes, a massa. We have to stop. There's a time we have to stop. Yes, I'm yes. So I, I've not seen my senior pastor. I don't know where he is. With this yes, I'm it must stop. 
When they try to correct you, receive the correction and don't argue. You know something? Try to see what the person is saying. I can see that you are trying to help. Finish. Don't argue. David, when David was told, you have done something wrong by Nathan the prophet. Nathan the prophet said, you've done something wrong. You've gone to sleep with somebody. David said, it's true. I've sinned. Then immediately, I've forgiven you. You will not die. But the child will die. So, said, you have done something wrong. No, 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 I've not done anything wrong. He said, I should, I should, uh, but these are, uh, what do you call it, sheep and so on, for sacrifice. And so, so someone had to say, no, I told you, don't leave anything. Don't leave a Malachi, don't leave any. I don't want anything to be sacrificed. And he had to quote scriptures. It's better to obey than to sacrifice. The witchcraft is, uh, rebellion is like witchcraft. So many scriptures, the pastor has to talk for a long time. But for David, yes, I've seen, it's true. What you say, I see it immediately, it's true. Please, I'm sorry. When they have to sit with you for hours to explain, to talk, there's something wrong. Watch out, watch out. It's you watch yourself and watch others. How can we train you if we cannot correct you? How can we train you if we cannot speak to you? Then you are unspeakable too. Nobody can talk to you. Because you are a big person in the church. Nobody can speak to you anymore because you are so great. If we talk to you, you will be annoyed. We are afraid to bring up issues with you. You are difficult to be trained. Watch people who are reactionary when they are corrected and when they are told this and that. I must be able to say to you, shut up! I've, I've never told anybody shut up, but I must be able to, if necessary, I have to say, shut up! I was talking with somebody, I was talking with somebody at a point he told me, I, I was talking at a point he told me, you are not always right. Foolish. Who is always right? Are you always right? Nobody is always right. So when you tell me that I'm not always right, you are insulting my intelligence and you are insulting me. Because I know that I'm not always right. But you are trying to tell me that I am a buffoon. I am a a a a, a, a wicked person who is trying to always be right when he's not always right. Enforce my opinion when there is even no way for it to be enforced. Be cool. Know that you don't know everything. Please, Elisha the second. Eh? Tell me someone say, Elisha the second, please be cool when they are correcting you. Eh? <laughs> Look, I said it's a long road from the first mantle to the second mantle. Don't get annoyed. Don't get annoyed. Don't get annoyed. Everybody will say yes now, but in real life, try and remember what I'm saying now. In real life, it's different. In the heat of the thing. Eh, Pastor Richard doesn't like me. Eh, Pastor Joel doesn't like me. Eh, Pastor Robert doesn't like me. Eh. And they are always preaching about me. They are using me as an example. I know he was talking about me. I know it, Pastor, I know. Sister, if they are talking about you, they can call your name. If no, they need, they need to. And we are not afraid. And and if we need to talk to you, what you know? 
Last week, Tuesday, when I came to London Church, I preached there. Somebody told me, he said, you know, I thought you were talking to me directly. And I thought about it. I said, if Bishop wants to tell me something, he will talk to me. <laughs> said, somebody thought I was just preaching to the person. Tuesday, remember Tuesday? <laughs> remember, preacher, remember? He said that I was talking to him. I thought about it. It's like the message slapping him. Right. <laughs> If Bishop wants to talk to me, he, he will tell me. <laughs> I said it's true. I thought it's true. One day I went to the office of Reverend Saki. It was about 5:30 Tuesday. We were coming to church. Reverend Saki was with a certain lady in the office. He was talking to the lady. Various things. And I had to leave. And there were some other people there. So I just left. I came to church at the canteen. So when they came later. Then they came, and then they, they came to the front. He came to the front, and then that lady, and some other person, also came to the front. She was sitting here. Then I was preaching. Fornication. This. Then I came to the girl. Eh? And I was talking. Hey, the story, exact photocopy, that was a girl. But I didn't know. I, I left, I have not even talked to the person. Like, Holy Ghost is a slapper. <laughs> In fact, Reverend Saki was very worried. <laughs> because he, he, he thought that the lady would think that he has come to tell me and I have also come but you see you now when you think about it am I so daft and so stupid am I trying to drive you away from the church am I trying to offend you am I trying to embarrass you am I trying to disgrace you why would I come and use you as an example publicly for everybody to know and embarrass you and disgrace you think about it when they are talking about you and you know that it's you just be smiling just look straight nobody will know anything about you just passes and goes just take your thing like that and you are moving A person who is irritated. Don't be irritated by the preaching. Even this disloyalty that I'm talking. Some people are irritated. Oh yeah. As the person sitting next to you, is it you? Number 14. People who are not prepared. Number 13. People who are not prepared to do things they did not choose to do. You know, they say to you, go and join the drama. And you are not prepared to join. Because they asked you to join and you don't want to join. But if you are going to be a good leader, you must know how to take instruction. They say, do this. Just do it. Hey, in this church, eh, never refuse a job. When they say, go and act, try. One day you'll be a pastor over people who are acting. And when they are talking about their problems of acting, you will appreciate it better. Me, all the things I've done, rehearsals, drama, uh, instruments fixing, Setting up drums, going.
going for crusade. I've done playing keyboard, drum, this, everything. I've done it. And I do. So when I'm telling you to go and do, I know. KLM. I know somebody there who works. He started as a driver. Today he's a boss. And I was wondering, why did they not take somebody with a university degree or something to be the boss of all these KLM? And you know what I found out? They want their own person who has been there for a long time, who has been through all the department, lost and found baggage, how to check in people, this, that, there's the airport, engineering, this, that, everything. Now he's the boss. So when he's the boss, he's the boss of things he knows. So when you are being asked to do something, when, when, when you are a pastor, you'll be a pastor of things you know about. You are a pastor of organists and you have tried to play before, even though you couldn't succeed. You are a pastor of singers. You, you've tried it before. You are a pastor of dramatists. You've tried it before. Everything you've tried it before. Leading people, visiting. That's why as I'm preaching now, I'm not preaching theories. I'm preaching to you practicals. What is this practical to me? I don't have to do anything but to just tell you what is real. Amen. Omari, are you sleeping on your feet? (laughs) I think you need to come into the light. Number 15. A person... So you must be prepared to do anything that you are asked to do. So when you do it, they say, they asked me to do it. That's why I'm doing it. It's wrong. Number 14. A person who manipulates his way into a leadership position without truly serving his way or her way into leadership. Amen. Did you get it? A person who manipulates his way into a leadership position. How do people do that? They come around, it's like, oh, I know the word. In this church, I was a deacon. In that church, I was an elder. Then they don't seem to want to go through the, and they sort of be around, and it's like, you, you now, you are a bit intimidated because they are around and they look quite big, and they wear their suited tie, and they look very diplomatic. And so, so you feel that this person is a grown up in the church, and it's like he has to be made something. Meanwhile, he's done nothing, and he can't do anything too. So, what such people? They are dangerous. As the person next to you, are you one? The next one, a person who is not faithful in another man's business. In ordinary business life. person who tells lies about his boss. Who cheats his boss. You know. Somebody comes to you and tells you, oh, I lied to them. I just told them that this and I have come. The person will also do the same to you. Is that not so? So watch them. I said watch them. Amen. Shake the person next to you. Tell the person this word is for you. Number 16. A person who does not keep his promises. I will be there. But he doesn't come. I will marry you. But he doesn't marry you. People who enter relationships and break up. Watch them. Because the person may enter a relationship with you. As a church, and then after a while, suddenly he comes and he says, Hey, I've changed my mind. Amen. <laughs> One day a pastor came to see me. He said, The Lord has spoken to me. I said, What is it? He said, He has asked me to start a church. I said, Oh, 
which church? Is it Lighthouse Church? And I said, no, another church, not Lighthouse. Well, I said, okay, go and start. <laughs> what should I tell you again? When God has spoken, who am I to speak again? <laughs> Later, I went into the background. This person, you know, one day we were just talking about loyalty. Then a brother in church stood up and said, this loyalty thing here, eh, we have to just pray for ourselves. He said that if that pastor, the one who came and told me that his God has told me that, he said if that guy was around, he would have stood up to explain the point. And it's true. <laughs> Any discussion we have about loyalty or whether he can explain it very well, he understands it. And he will speak positive loyalties. So he was saying that in fact, if that brother was here now, you get what I'm saying? He would have. So we should pray for ourselves. And it's true. As for the Judas, you can't go away without it. There will be one. So pray that it's not you. Tell, lay hands on the person next to you and say, I cast out Judas from you in Jesus' name. <laughs> Alright. So watch out. Psalm 15 verse 4. It says, a person who sweareth to his own head and changeth not. Amen. Number 18, 17. A person who does not say amen. Number 17. A person who does not say amen during the preaching. Yeah. He does not say amen. He does not smile. And he does not take notes. These three. Watch such people. He does not smile. He does not take notes. And he does not say amen. When everybody is saying amen. Mm. When everybody is laughing. <laughs> when people are clapping. Lift up your two hands to the Lord. He's big. He's so big. People who are too big, they are difficult to be around. Is that not so? Is that not so? So, me in the church, I say, everybody should take notes. If they are preaching, write something. If you are a big person, you can still learn something. And it means a humble attitude to take notes. I remember when we have, we have IPTP with Dr. Brown. You know Dr. Brown? Dr. Brown can be our father. I will be doing this IPTP and the man will be taking notes, a lecturer at the university. And now I've just finished being a student. He's a lecturer, a head of department of a whole faculty. And he's taking notes as I'm talking. And I'm talking like this. And he's taking notes. Alert. The most alert. Most humble person. And he's older than all of us. And you young... <laughs> I will say it. <laughs> you don't want to take notes. Your mouth... <laughs> Amen. I know this message that Pastor Richard has already preached. He preached it last year. 
that uh, Bishop is preaching. I've, I've, I've heard all these things before. But this, these stories, I've heard it before. I've heard all these stories before. Now you are great. Amen. Amen. You don't smile. Why don't you want to smile? I told the brother Whenever I was talking He doesn't smile I said I pray for you God will give you people Who don't smile <laughs> You see One of the things That I, I do see, Sometimes I, I realize that If I explain something To somebody The person will not understand What I'm So I won't even say I just pray for you That that thing which you are You have only that More This brother, he was counseling pastor. He was doing some marriage counseling. God gave him some people who they don't even if their mouth move like this, it, it cannot happen. <laughs> marriage counseling from beginning to end. If I got to a point, this pastor who does, but I was just looking at him. This pastor said he would not counsel them again. He counsel them, counsel them there for you. <laughs> Do you understand? Mm. Everything. Mm. Yes. Uh, do you have any questions? No. And you see, the way the marriage counsel is, when it reaches some places, you have to smile or even say something. Nothing. They were just. He, he gave my noise. He stopped counseling them. Said, May the Lord give you more abundance of these ones. <laughs> you know. There is something we call the school of hard knocks. S-H-K. When we can't teach you through normal preachings, we transfer you to that school. And when you experience the things, then you realize that, ah, I was some way. Amen. One brother, I told him that we, we had a dinosaur in the church. And I told him, this dinosaur... It's not correct. He looked at me and he said, Bishop, are you sure? I said, Hey. <laughs> you, you don't understand what you are saying. He said, Bishop, eh? So I talked with him and then, you know, so that you talk, a person won't talk, you know that the person has not. So I put my hand and I said, Pastor, I mentioned this as a pastor, so, you know, may the Lord give you understanding so he went back then the Lord gave him his associates started to face him his assistant started to face him seriously seriously one day he had a dream the associate was fighting with him like that and then the person was wearing a black hood over the face in a dream he was fighting. He didn't know who it was. He was fighting, 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 fighting. He held that thing and he pulled it up. And he said, 
That he was calling me. At a point, the thing was so bizarre. He said, he told his wife, it's only Bishop who understands me. Then, one day he called me. He said, Bishop, this dinosaur, you were too lenient. <laughs> the dinosaur that we had, my dinosaur, he said, in fact, you were too lenient with him. He said, deep dinosaur, they are very wicked. <laughs> but you see, it was the dream that I found. He was fighting with the person. He, he, he didn't know who he was fighting. He didn't know. The person was wearing a black this thing over there. Like a ninja. Yeah, a ninja. And then he held the thing and he pulled it off. He said, <laughs> Is it possible? My assistant pastor. <laughs> he has never experienced anything. You see, so after that he began to understand so many things. Amen. Are you here or you've gone home? But those were not the end of his troubles, but let's go on. <laughs> Alright, so a person does not say amen or smile. Amen. The next one, a person who does not stay after church to mingle, to mingle with their church members, to mingle and interact with the church members. Amen. Amen. He does not stay around and mingle. We had a professor called Professor Mingle. Amen. Amen. The person says that he is called. After church, he is moving. Pastoring and shepherdora work is loving people. It is being with people. When I went to Malaysia, the pastor was saying immediately after he did, immediately after service, he goes to the back. I said, Me, I don't do that. I stay. And all the people come and talk to me. All of them come, I pray for them. I talk. I like it. Nobody should tell me to go away. To, I don't I will go and sit in a room and be an executive and drink coffee. Say, what is that? I love the people. I love being with the people. That's a genuine pastor. Amen. Amen. Maybe when you are advanced, you change it. But I don't know. But for me, now I know that it's, that's what I like doing. So I don't see how you come to church after church. Amen. God has called me. I've finished. I've got my calling, my anointing. I'm going home. No. Watch people who don't mingle. Interact. Where are you going after church? Where are you going? Pastor, I don't have any friend in the church. No. Find your own friends. Amen. Alright. A person who has a wife who is suffering from Jezebelism and Evism. Jezebelism and Evism. What is Jezebelism? It's also a whole one hour topic. 
But in brief, Jezebel is a woman who makes her husband go for things which are not his. The wife will tell you, are you not also called? You should also preach sometimes. Are you not also called? You should also travel to South Africa like Pastor Richard did. Are you not also called? Huh? You get it? And she will start to tell you, Naboth's vineyard can be yours. It can't be yours. It's not yours. She told her husband, Jezebel told her husband, You are the king. You can have anything. It's not true. It's not true. Because you are a pastor, you are a shepherd, that's not mean you can do anything. That's not mean you can have anything. That's a Jezebel. And she tells her husband, You can have what you can have. Eve is the one who came to her husband and said, Hey, this is also good for you. You should drive a nice car like the bishop's car. Why should you drive an old car? You've, you work harder than the bishop. The bishop is just resting. And you are doing all monkey the work. The guy sits in Ghana and you work here all year round. And you just he just arrives to take all the glory. And to collect money. You are sick. I said you are ill. Ill. And Jezebel is your wife. Amen. Not the personal, but his wife is telling him. Next one. A person who has a bad marriage continually. Yeah, if somebody has a bad marriage, always bad marriage. Charlie, watch the person. You get it? Watch the person. Bad marriage. You are allowed a few squabbles. But you are not allowed to have a continuously perpetual storm. Every day it rains. It doesn't rain every day. Does it, does it rain every day? Ah, if it rains every day, can you? The world will become Noah's Ark again. Amen. Lay hands on the person next to you and bless him. All right. A person who is pushing a person, number 20, what? A person who is pushing for promotion and recognition. Is that not so? He's pushing. He always wants to be promoted. There was a pastor. He was he was going to be he was going to be appointed as a pastor soon, and you know what he went and told people he was just having a meeting with some people and he said to the people say pastor so and so his name say pastor so and so I love you pastor so and so we love you pastor so oh <laughs> he had not yet been appointed he was so conscious of this pastor word and he really wanted to be called pastor. So before he became a pastor, he went, the person who was at the meeting told me, he said, say, Pastor so-and-so, we love you. Then you all say, Pastor so-and-so, we love you. Pastor so-and-so, you are blessed. You are not a pastor, you are a brother. (laughs) (laughs) The next one. 
A person who approves of people who make wrong decisions. See somebody who makes wrong decisions. And then the person approves of it. Huh? Are you with me? Let's say somebody does something bad in church. And then somebody else says, I mean, I, 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 I think she has a point. I mean, yeah, I mean, she should feel free to go to the pastor's house and express her opinions. Somebody came to Pastor Richard's house to shout at him. And then you, you be in the church, you say, oh, well, I mean, you know, these pastors at times, you know, somebody should say how they feel, you know, I mean, at times it's like too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, this is like freedom of opinion. I mean, I think she was just, she was just feeling free, she was just saying her mind. And a person has come to be very rude Has come to misbehave And you 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 don't find anything wrong with it I will mark you I will mark you Because one day You like to do that Yeah Because you don't find anything wrong with it So watch people who don't find Things wrong with wrong things One day A pastor Who later became an orangu he was speaking about one orangulized pastor. And he came and said, Hey, have you seen Reverend So so he's holding a big program in Kumasi? I, I, I said, ah. I said, ah. Oh, yeah. oh. He and so and so are ministry. I said, ah. He was so excited about that orangu. I took note of it. It was a few months later. He himself. He became that same thing. So watch people, what they approve of. You get what I'm saying? Like maybe you see somebody, let's say Princess Diana. She's going around with her boyfriend uh, and so on. And things like that. So I said, well, I mean, I don't see. I mean, like she, she, she should be happy. It's her life. And this and that. It's not biblical. You get what I'm saying? So maybe that is you. Watch such people. What they approve of. What they don't like. Amen. <laughs> so many things are flashing through my mind. <laughs> a lot of things. The next one, 24. A person who gives excuses and continually justifies himself. A person who gives excuses and continually justifies himself. Glory to God. Always you have any reason. Always you have an excuse. Always you have a reason. Always you have an excuse. Don't be like that. Amen. It's a bad sign. I said it's a what? It's a bad sign. The next one. A person who is always shifting blame to other people for something that has happened. If something doesn't go right in the camp. If Elder Steve is a good leader, he will just say, oh no, it's my fault. Look, I'm sorry. But if he's not a good leader, he'll say, oh, it's the fault of the coach, it's the fault of the weather, it's the fault of this, it's the fault of that. A good leader takes responsibility. It's your fault. Amen. So when you see somebody who keeps on shifting the blame to others, he is a dangerous person. A good leader takes responsibility. It's my fault. Amen. It's my fault. Say it's my fault. Yeah, you must be able to say it's my fault. 
There are no members in the church. The church is small. Say it's my fault. Don't say, you know, pastor, these people in this part of London, they are different. You know, these people in Switzerland. No, just say it's my fault. I'm going to work on it. Don't shift the blame. Take the blame. Turn to somebody and say, take the blame. Don't shift the blame. Amen. The next one, a person who has decided to be in church, but he won't say anything about anything because he feels he knows what the response will be. You get it? You didn't get it. A person who has decided to do what? Stay in the church, but he won't say anything about anything because he feels he knows what the response shall be. Amen. So he says, I'll, I'll, I'm not leaving the church, but I won't say anything. Is that not so? Is that not so? Huh? Huh? Is it not true? That some people say, in this church, when you speak, then they will, we want you to speak, but speak properly. How do you speak when you speak to your father? You speak properly, but speak. But when you say to yourself, I won't say anything, you are some way. Linda, what do you think? Huh? I mean, the church, but I won't say anything again. I had a, a friend, a brother like that, pastor like that. He's left. One day we asked him, why? He said, oh, I know what you say. That's why I haven't said anything. That's why he said, I know, I know what you say. I told him, you are some way. I, I know what you will say. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Alright, number 26. A person who is an unknown factor. Huh? Who is unknown? Somebody who is unknown. You are new in the system. The next one. A person who has not been through the fire of ministry work. A person who has not done the work before practically. Okay? Then the next one, number 28, a person who has not been criticized before. <laughs> people who have not been criticized, they are different from people who have been criticized. That's why that pastor said, you know, it's only Bishop who understands me. Alex, do you understand what I'm saying? Because if you haven't been criticized before, you don't appreciate when they are criticizing. You always say to them, oh, there must be some truth in it. There's no smoke without fire. That's what you'll be saying. There's no smoke without fire. But I've seen smoke without fire before. Yeah. In Malaysia, I asked them, did you have that smoke, that fog? He said, yeah. And I asked, did you have any fire in Malaysia? He said, no. It came from another country. So there's smoke without fire. Make a note of that. There's smoke without fire. The next one, three more. A person who has not been criticized before, watch the person. A many. Amen. People who have not been criticized before. They don't understand criticism. They've never been there. So I like pastors to be criticized. So that they become soft. Humble. Amen. Then when you meet me and people are criticizing me, you love me more. Oh, 
I, I, I understand. I, understand. I, I know because you know they do it to me. Amen. Hallelujah. A person, people who do not come to certain meetings. Who do not come to certain meetings. Like shepherd camp. You get it? Maybe there's a shepherd's meeting. You realize they don't often come. Watch these people. The next one. A person who has not been tried with time. And then the last one. Have you got that? Powerful. The last one. A person who does not give tithes, first and best, and offerings. It's a sign of disloyalty. You can't be a shepherd without giving tithes. We check your tithe card. Do you use tithe cards here? For shepherds. We use it for shepherds. Can't be a shepherd or a pastor without paying tithes. You are immediately no more a shepherd. Amen. Stand to your feet.